Welcome back all once again to the 45th instalment of the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast. Coming to you on the 10th of January following our own Christmas break and the FA Cup week. Uh, Apologise to all, we had a little break over Christmas. The Iceman snapped his mic in anger uh, <laughs> after he quite hit a thousand listens in our previous podcast. Nonetheless, we are very much glad to be back and I'm pleased to welcome the Iceman himself. Thanks, Pete. And thanks for having that FIFA night, which uh, took us away from the podcast, which we were going to record that night, but we played FIFA instead. But much fun was had. Yes. How did you get on in the FIFA night? Didn't we come second in the end? Uh, me and Bono, was that it? Bono? Boyo, sorry. I mean, Boyo. Um, just a disclaimer, we don't know Bono. Which moment. I can't remember anyway, his nickname. Bono or Boyo. Well, welcoming back uh, Mr. Iceman anyway, but we've been very lucky to have our continued run of esteemed guests. Um, again, a man that many of you may know from social media and Twitter particularly. I want to thank him for joining us this week. The Iceman's recruitment process goes on. It's uh, Mark McGettigan, or as many of you will know him, the FPL General. Welcome, sir. Hi guys, thanks for having me on. Yeah, pleasure. Listen to the show most weeks, so it's good to be on the other side of it for a change. Well, we we very much uh, value having you on board and uh, getting your opinion for this week. Do you just want to tell the listeners a bit about your history of FPL and, and what you sort of do and how you're involved with it now? Yeah, sure. So, like many others, I've I've been playing FPL now for as long as I can remember. Probably the word addiction comes into it probably in the last two or three years where. Every minute of every day now gets every spare minute gets spent on FPL. It doesn't go down too well with my fiance, but she she gets she gets holidays usually out of it most years through the prizes, so she can't really complain too much. <laughs> um, last two seasons I've finished in the top four hundred in the world, so good rankings. Uh, pressure on to achieve something similar this season. Um, I set up the Twitter account just before this season started. Just just mainly to interact with other FPL managers, and it's it's really taken off. Um, I'm over 6,000 followers now, which I did not expect whatsoever, um, so I must be doing something right, and glad people are enjoying the content I'm putting out there, and hopefully I can continue. Uh, I've started doing a bit of writing for Yahoo Sport as well. Um, they've launched their own daily fantasy sport, so people might come across some of my articles through the Twitter account as well. And again, started doing a couple of podcasts, so it's all been an enjoyable couple of months so far. Excellent. Well, I mean, certainly your presence has uh, grown over the last couple of years and just an example of how powerful Twitter can be. Um, now, just for the, I suppose, the lay person who plays FPL, they might log in once or twice a week, just adjust their team. They might be quite reactive to what's happened the previous week. You said you spend a lot of time thinking about it. So what sort of things do you do research-wise, transfer-wise, that you think might set you apart and, and push you up to you know, the top 400 in the world? <coughs> I think what's worked in my favour, especially in the last two seasons, was I had a lot of free time on my hands, so I got to watch an awful lot of 90 minutes of football, I think. Watching yeah. 90 minutes tells you a lot more than watching match of the day highlights. Um, you can yeah. you can pick out players that maybe are going under the radar, who are you know getting into good positions, but not scoring highly. You can, I think that gives you an edge. If you can watch as much yeah. uh, football as possible, it's, it definitely gives you an advantage over those who are just watching match of the day. Um, Research-wise, Twitter's uh, Twitter's great for for fancy. You really, if you're following the right people, you don't miss a trick. And 
I think nowadays it's it's an essential uh, research tool for for managers who want to do well. I read some of the fantasy football forums as well. It's always good to to get opinions of other managers. Even though I've had good good ranks in the last two seasons, it's always it's always good to ha- have fresh ideas. And but the best thing about Twitter is bouncing ideas off other managers because again, there's no there's no correct way to play the game. Everyone everyone plays it differently and. That's that's what I like the best about Twitter is the interaction with others who play the game differently and who've been just as successful as I've been. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're absolutely right. I think it's getting those little nuggets when you can, and I'd agree with what you're saying about the the 90 minutes. You do see the players' true form rather than just their their statistical numbers. We used to have a guy on this podcast who had quite a lot of insight into a certain football club, but he shared nothing with us. So maybe <laughs> the internet is the uh, is the way to go. Um, Okay, well, like I say, thanks for joining us. Looking forward to seeing your opinions on this week's upcoming fixtures. Let's kick off by looking at how we got on just before the uh, the Christmas period, or during the Christmas period, rather, in our last game week. Iceman, can I come to you first for some uh, feedback on how you got on? Yeah, just looking at the last game week itself, I had a bit of a puzzler where I had Carol, Hazard and Payet, and I didn't want Carol or Payet, and I definitely wanted Aguero. I'm one of these managers which is I feel safer when I've got Aguero in my team, and if he's not, I'm always panicking whenever he plays, because he's always due a goal from anything. So I got rid of Payet, Hazard and Carol, and I brought in Phillips, Townsend and Aguero, and that cost me eight points, but... In the end, it did actually go well for me because um, Pyatt Hazard and Carroll in total got four points and Phillips, Townsend and Aguero uh, in total got 17. So, you know, I've benefited by five points from a, a eight-point hit there. So, I, I, you know, I'm kind of glad I did that. But yeah. um, <clears throat> it's it's just a bit frustrating that I, I didn't have the uh, free transfers available because I scored 61 in the end. So, taking a, a minus eight got... Uh, 53 so it's not a great score it's only a couple above average which was 49 but over the Christmas period I captained Kane which uh, gave me I think I got 75 points overall at that one so I shot up overall I think I got to 45,000 I'm now uh, around 67,509 so yeah not doing too bad I also brought in Baines a few weeks ago as well yeah it was a good shout yeah so yeah doing all right now so the the Garden of Green paid off for him, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, the Garden of Green's still coming for for Everton. Exactly. It's an absolute it's an absolute rug, isn't it, at the mm, moment? Mm. Yes. Yeah, looking forward to it. Okay. So, a, so a decent return, just above average. Um, I actually had a pretty decent game week myself. So I got fifty nine points. Um, tactically, I uh, went I went all in on West Brom. Really, I had Foster in goal, McCauley at the back, and Phillips. Phillips, as you've mentioned, McCauley coming up with a goal again, just such an attacking threat this season. I think that's his fourth or fifth um, headed goal. So doing a great job in terms of attacking and defensive returns. Um, personally, someone I think is going to be essential for the rest of the season. The the only other one I'll mention for the sake of time is Lukaku. I uh, swapped him in in the week when Costa was out. And actually, he's done pretty well for me. So he returned with 11 points. Um, and like Baines, his next game's coming up. Granted, he's got City at home, but I still think Everton could do something against them. Palace away, Stoke away, Everton at home. Uh, sorry, uh, Bournemouth at home, and then Borough away, and then Sunderland at home. So lots of good fixtures ahead. So tactically, I put Lukaku in for the long game, and I think it, it, it's gradually sort of paying off for me. Yeah, so, a good shout out. Uh, I thought that was good, good transfer in. So 59 points overall. So that moved me up a little bit. Uh, Mark? Mark? 
How'd you get on? Yeah, uh, game week 20 was another frustrating game week for me. 50 points, just around about average. Um, doesn't tell the story of the game week, though. Johnny Evans went off injured. Uh, Benteke went off injured. That was frustrating. George Friend was probably the most frustrating part. He managed, I think it was 57 minutes after coming off the bench. So three minutes short of the clean sheet points. Oh, no. Summed up my game hate week. Hate those ones, hate those ones. Yeah. I, took, uh, I took a minus four going into game week 20 as well to, to, to factor in Costa. Um, that's left me now with four Chelsea players with the fact that Aki's gone back. I brought Aki in in game week 20. Um, I didn't play him, but it was... Looking forward, they've got nice fixtures coming up Bournemouth, but I mean, those plans are out the window now, so rank-wise... Mark, I'm just going to say, I'm going to ask you to um, hold the conversation on Ake when we get to the Bournemouth game, because I think that'll be a big discussion point for a lot of managers this week. Yeah, sure, it's definitely something I'm going to have to think about. Going back to my ranking, uh, game week 16, I was at 22,000, everything was going very well, and past six weeks... In the past six game weeks, I've had five red arrows, so I've dropped over 100,000 places now, and I'm down at 128k. Um, a lot of that's down to Mr. Harry Kane. He's a lot to answer for. Um, captain them in 16 and 17. Yeah. So it's been a tough few weeks, but um, things are going to improve, hopefully, going forward. Yeah, so Kane's certainly costing a lot of managers in that last game week. And just on that, let's get on to our uh, Fancy Football Surgery podcast mini-league. So I'm going to go through the top 10. Iceman, if you want to pick the uh, the best performer so far this quarter. Um, in 10th place, we've got the Trap Stars, Glenn Moore, rising up into our top 10 with 73 points in the last week. Pelvic Thrust 11, great to see Vivesh uh, ready up into the top 10 now in 9th place. Eddie Hughes is still there, FC, Tanami, Tanami. Um, our previous runaway leader in the early part of the se- season, the mysterious Duke with Douglas Munro, oh, has good. fallen to seventh. Um, I'm glad Tom Copping has made it into the top ten. Heart Dandruff Flakes, brilliant name, uh, up into sixth place. Canal Rorant, a regular in the top ten this season, with the RK Mavericks has moved up to fifth. Yossi G, OK, is in fourth. And in comparison to all those creative names, in third we've got Roger Cabral, no name boys. <laughs> nice one, Roger. Quality from you, Rog. Uh, we've got Anti Clante United, Andreas Alanda. That they've moved up again. I've been keeping my eye on them. But in first place, still with the consistency, Dimitar Todorov, the special one, is indeed still number one in first place. One thousand two hundred and thirty-eight points overall. Great so, score. So consistent. But he has got a problem on his hands now. He's got Mane and Zaho have both gone off to the African Cup of Nations. So he's going to be on at least one minus this week because he made a transfer last week. It will be interesting to see what he does. Nice man. Who's uh, who's performing well this month? Um, performing well this month, we've got uh, Diego Costa, who's actually doing well. Adir 109. He's got 99 points this month. Looking at the winner of December... Uh, is actually Iktar Mamnan uh, with Ragnar Lofbrook FC. He he won de- uh, December, so well done, Iktar. Great return from you, sir. Iceman, I believe you wanted to update us on the cup. Yeah, the cup's going nicely. Um, I did almost forget to add the uh, game week over the Christmas period because it was so quick. I almost forgot to update it, but I did manage to get it all updated. We had at King Chip and Daniel Zlapsky in the semi-final and uh, another FPL advisor against Simon Gardner. Uh, Simon Gardner and at King Chip are both in the final, so they play it this game week. So good luck to 
to you both. Uh, one of you will be receiving uh, the cup, which we haven't even designed yet, so <laughs> we'll see which one you get. Um, but yeah, good luck for this game week, guys. It should uh, should be good. Which takes us nicely into our games for the coming week. So, for the 14th of January, this coming Saturday, your early kick-off, the 12.30, two teams that have just been performing probably just above expectations, you'd say, this season. Definitely the former um, with their, their result against Chelsea. We've got Tottenham versus West Bromwich Albion. And I'm going to come to our, our special guest for this week for a comment on this game. General, who are you calling from this game? Yeah, Spurs at home. Spurs are pretty strong at home, so you've got to be looking at their players this week. Um, their form's picked up in the last few weeks as well. So defensively, I was if I was looking at a defender from Spurs, I don't have any myself, but I like to look at Danny Rose in the last couple of weeks. Um, he's been raiding forward, playing almost as a left winger at times. He'd be my preference from the Spurs defenders. I've got Eriksen. Um, he's been performing very well for me in the last couple of weeks. I know Ali's been explosive. Yes. In the last couple of weeks, scoring seven goals, I think it was, in the last maybe four fixtures. Um, yes. I'm quite happy to stick with Ericsson, though. Um, the the set-piece factor swings it in his favour for me, but there, there is very little between them. Um, I think it's essential to have one of them at the moment. Um, Harry Kane is a, is a sore point for me up front um, after letting me down in the easier fixtures. Um, but again, he, he is a solid option. I mean... He scored bagfuls of goals in the last two seasons, and he's he's going to do the same again this season. Yeah, I've still got him, and I'm I'm still giving him a week, just seeing how he gets on. I I do want Zlatan as well, but I'm just going to hold on to Kane for this week. Hopefully, he's going to pull through for me. I mean, with, with the way Spurs are playing, they've scored two or more goals in the last uh, the last five games. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think with, with Ericsson, you've got a player there who hasn't been perhaps as explosive as Ali, but he's just he's there or thereabouts with an assist or something every week, and every now and again you do get that bigger return. Um, Jim, I know that you've been a big fan of his all season. Yeah, yeah. I did actually look at the comparison between the two. We do have a question from Reddit from one Mishifu. I had a quick look at it, and Ali has been doing great recently with the seven goals he scored in the last four. I mean, that's that's a great stat alone, and you, you can see why a lot of people were bringing him in. But I did want to look into the uh, stats going forward, because it's not just about chasing the points in FPL it's about predicting who's going to score the points so and I do find a lot of the time managers are always like looking at last week's points and kind of doing a transfer from that instead of looking forward looking at the stats seeing how well the players are actually playing and Ericsson's role he's he's a playmaker so he gets loads of the ball he gets more of the ball than Ali does he gets 1.1 minute per touch and Ali gets 1.6 minutes so and he actually beats Ali for creativity. For uh, I looked at all their stats, including minutes per touch, minutes per pass received, touches in the final third, passes received in the final third, and successful passes. Then chances created. Like Ericsson towers over Ali for that. And uh, minutes per chance created. He's on 25.6 minutes per chance created, whereas Ali's on 71.2. So it just shows that Ericsson got a load of leading stats and I know that Ali's been scoring recently but Ericsson actually leads in stats for uh, overall threat as well uh, Mm -hmm. where he's got higher goal attempts higher goal attempts in the box shots on target uh, minutes per chance and goal conversion so looking at all these stats Ericsson I think you're right there Mark you've probably got the right man because I can see Ali dipping at times but the way he's playing at the moment you can't exactly uh, predict that he's just going to 
suddenly stop. So I, I do think yeah. it will continue. But just the last couple couple of weeks, it's been quite noticeable that Ali's been playing very far forward. He's almost a, as a support striker to Harry Kane in the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, as, as I said, I've got Ericsson and, and I'm glad I've got him because I wouldn't like to have to make the decision of which one to bring in because, yeah. I mean, there's I do feel there's very little between them. Yeah, it's difficult. What, what, what I find quite interesting is actually Ali's now um, owned by a greater amount of FPL managers than Ericsson. I wonder how much flip-flopping between the two of them, two of them there's been since that uh, Chelsea game. Ali transferred in by over 300,000 managers this week. Ericsson, only 61,000 have transferred him in. Interestingly, 8,000 have transferred Ali out and 31,000 have got rid of Ericsson. So I'm not quite sure what the thinking is behind um, getting rid of those two because I think you need to have at least the way Spurs are playing with their fixtures I think you need to have at least one of those in your team now it's almost like a Liverpool situation from earlier in the season yeah I yeah. think I agree interesting um, so in terms of Spurs I'm, I'm hearing I'm hearing the name Kane obviously Ali um, Ericsson they're the three standout players lots of other talent in that attacking Tottenham lineup. Uh, perhaps those two the more consistent performers West Brom, absolutely fantastic this season. Pulis doing another great job with a club that's perhaps you know never lived up to expectations of the fans. But that's a great squad they've got there. Do either of you two fancy any of their players for this one? Well, I mean, everyone's looking at Phillips at the moment, aren't they? He's doing really well, goals and assists, quite a few games recently. I do think a lot of people are missing out on Chadley. Uh, I think he's due probably a few goals coming up he does play in that number 10 role and if he is starting I can see him getting a fair amount of points as well uh, although Phillips is still a great option I did bring him into my team he scored me a nine he's still only 5.6 million to Chadley's actually uh, yeah he's six million so if you're opting between the two it depends if you're chasing points and you want to you know go over the majority of Phillips but I do think Chadley might be a good bet going forward with their fixtures coming up after the Spurs game they've got Sunderland at home Middlesbrough away Stoke at home West Ham away and Bournemouth at home and Crystal Palace at home so it's a massive garden of green yeah. so it is looking promising I've always been a, a big admirer of Chadley um, when it comes to FPL I, I talked him up a lot this season more so than Matt Phillips even when Matt Phillips was um, in the earlier part of the season he was performing better than Chadley a lot of people were questioning me why I was such a big fan of Chadley when when yeah, Phillips was outperforming him. And last couple of weeks, I've kind of I've kind of changed my outlook on it now. I think I think Phillips is the better option. He, he's the form player. He, he's cheaper. And the worrying thing about Chadley is in the last couple of weeks since he's come back from that um, minor knee operation, he, had, he hasn't played ninety minutes. He, he's, he's been taken off around the hour mark in, in the last couple of weeks. And, I mean, I hate having a player who doesn't play in 80 minutes. So I think Phillips is probably the one I would choose if, if I was choosing between those two at the moment. Yeah, I mean, he, he's the way that I went as well. I put Phillips in a couple of games back and he's been absolute gold ever since. It, I, I think Pulis is probably reluctant to change that front three at the moment. It seems to work quite well with Brunt on one side and Phillips so direct and attacking on the other. Um, I only found out recently Phillips is actually Scottish, so I was gutted because I was hoping he'd be an informed English right winger, which we could always do with. Yeah, um, I'm living and, in Scot- I'm living in Scotland at the moment myself, and anyone I've mentioned Phillips to, they couldn't believe that he was Scottish. They don't even know he's Scottish over here. I don't think he got called up into the. I'm not sure if he got in the last Scotland squad. I'm sure someone will tell me wrong, but I know there was some controversy about him not being picked. And at the moment, he you'd argue he's one of the the best players Scotland have. So. Um, 
Coming away from international football, though, so I'm hearing Chadley, Phillips, anyone else either of you would, would shout in this game? Yeah, well, I, I've, Chris Brunt is a player that I wanted to get in weeks ago, and I, I was just short budget-wise to get him in, so I've missed his points. I had to settle for Johnny Evans ahead of him. Uh, Johnny Disaster, I call him now, because he's, he's <laughs> he gets injured when he sneezes. Yeah, he does. But, um, I'll, be, I'll be hoping to bring Brunt in soon. Probably not um, this week, but soon. Okay. So some uh, some decent shouts from this one. Either way, it's going to be a fantastic game. Tottenham potentially scoring plenty of goals at the moment, but then West Brom very resolute at the back, and they've got that spine in midfield. So we shall see how it goes in the early kickoff. Dare you, Captain Harry Kane? We'll discuss that in a moment. So, Burnley versus Saints, our first three o'clock fixture. Iceman, what do you think? Um, I'm not really seeing that many options from this game. I think Burnley are going to put up a, a massive front for Southampton. I'm not hopeful for Jay Rodriguez, who I got in a while ago, hoping that their good fixtures coming up, Southampton might pay dividends for me. But looking at Burnley's uh, team as a whole, I mean, Andre Gray is back now. I don't know if he's going to be one of these third strikers which people might go for because he did get 25 goals last season and he has been hitting the target now obviously he didn't get a, get a goal against City but got a hat-trick against Southampton and a goal against Middlesbrough not bad fixtures coming up after this particular game so he could be a good punt uh, the big shout is uh, Joey Barton's back at 4.5 million <laughs> Um, that would be quite the enabler, wouldn't it, if you were to add him to your team? Speaking of Paul, uh, Paul 4.5, um, I'm just noticing as well, there's a few people turning their head towards Ashley Barnes. Um, I'm not suggesting this is a serious option, but he does... Pl- now, again, I come back to the idea of having a player on your bench as an enabler. He's had a few weeks recently where he's notched a few points. Um, seems to be playing a little bit more regularly now for Burnley. He's only 4.5 million, so I guess if you're waiting your money more towards the midfield um, and wanted a player who might get a few minutes in the odd assist or goal. Nearly 20,000 of you have transferred him in this week. So just interesting that amount of interest in the uh, in the guy. Yeah, he might be the switch which uh, people are taking out of Nietzsche and putting him in as their uh, third striker on the bench. He's probably a good option for that. Okay, and what about you, Mark? Do you like anyone from this game? Um, Burnley don't really interest me too much this season. Um, I know a lot of people have Tom Heaton in there. He is a solid pick if you've got him. I mean, I, don't, I haven't had him all season, so Burnley don't interest me too much. Um, Southampton, Rodriguez is the one that stands out for me. I think he could have a big second half of the season now. Um, I knew I knew he wouldn't play all the games in the busy Christmas period after his injury problems in the past, so I avoided him. But going forward, I'll be keeping a close eye on him, and he, he could well find himself in my team soon. Back to my transfers uh, for this week. Um, I've got the issue of the four Chelsea players, so if I do make a transfer, it's going to have to be a Chelsea player, right? Uh, and Yoshida, one, you're thinking, aren't you? Yeah, one player that's caught my eye is Yoshida because, I mean, Font's handed in a transfer request, so it doesn't look like he'll be involved. Um, Yoshida has played a couple of games the last couple of weeks. He scored in the Cup as well. So, I mean, if if I did get rid of Ake, who's 4.4, Yoshida at 4.2 would be a 
would be a nice replacement for him, save me point two as well. So they'd be the only two really I'd pick out from that game. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Uh, we did have a question from Twitter, uh, Minto21, the legend Minto21, has uh, actually said Yoshi or Yoshida. A lot of people looking at him now, now that Fonta's put in that transfer request, because uh, he's going into a good team there. I mean, he's not the best player in the world, Yoshida, but at 4.2, it's just a bargain playing for Southampton. Yeah, with, with playing alongside Van Dyke and with Fraser Forster behind him, you know, I still fancy Southampton to continue to be solid defensively. Yes, I agree. I think I think they will be defensive. I just think that unfortunately, I really feel for Saints fans once again for the probably fourth time in in four seasons they've built another squad. They've built a solid back line. They get up to you know the top eight in the league, and all of a sudden. Club captain wants to go. Van Dyke's probably being courted by a number of clubs. He's been solid this season, so they, they just have no luck, Saints. And I'm sure Liverpool will be back with their uh, their loyalty card as well. <laughs> yeah. J- just wanted to add to the Rodriguez discussion. Still only six point three million. I know we're talking about them getting through a difficult period and keeping their squad together, but if they can do that, their fixtures are pretty good. Garden of um, Green. Garden of Green. So after this, they've got Leicester at home, Swans away. West Ham home, Sunderland away, and then Arsenal at home where anything could happen, and then Watford away. Uh, I think, actually, if you've got J-Rod, I know Iceman, you said there you feel a bit annoyed about him being in your squad, but I actually think he'll be a decent, at least fifth midfielder for you over that time. Yeah, this is what I bought him for, for that kind of fixtures. I did hope for more up until now, but I, I can't see much in this game, not with Burnley, the way they play at home. They're so solid. OK, so I'm hearing Yoshida there. Well, let, let's move on to our next uh, our next game on the Saturday. So that is Hull City versus Bournemouth. Now, every time I slate Hull, Robert Snodgrass comes up <laughs> with, with the good. So yeah. I'm not going to start with anything negative. Mark, I'll come to you first of all. Do you like anyone from this fixture? Yeah, I'll start with Hull. I mean, new manager, so let's see what happens. In the cup game tonight, Jakubovic has started in goal. Um, that's, he started during the, at the weekend as well in the FA Cup, so it looks like he could he could be number one again, which would be good for us FPL managers. Price yeah. of 3.9 million for a backup goalkeeper. Um, Snodgrass, the thing that would worry me about Snodgrass now is the return of um, Abel Hernandez up front because he's probably going to take penalties off Snodgrass. Um, and I've just seen on Twitter again tonight that it's been quoted that West Ham have come in with an improved bid for him so yes, he may not be up um, all for much longer so again when it comes to Hull a backup goalkeeper is the only thing I'd be taking from him yeah so I think that's the issue isn't it whether Snodgrass hangs around or not having said that if he does go to West Ham he, he still might be worth a punt to play in their side because they seem to be pretty clueless uh, going forward unfortunately um, interesting you say that we had a previous guest Tom Campbell shouted a potential return of Jakupovic. I don't think he was expecting it to take quite this long for him to come back, but you're right. I think if he plays, he'd be useful as a you know a, a second keeper to back up a slightly stronger keeper on your bench. So yeah. um, a nice shout there. Yeah, it's a bit wait and see, isn't it? You've got to make sure that he's definitely going to play because you don't want to put him in and then Marshall ends up playing all the rest of the games because then it's just a pointless transfer in really, isn't it? Yeah, it's probably worth waiting to see what happens. Yeah. The weekend. yeah. So, so what about Bournemouth, Mark? Anyone from their side? Well, yeah, Bournemouth interested me big time when I made my transfers last for the last game week, okay. um, bringing in Ake and I brought in Ake and Stanislas, um, mainly looking for their ne- their next three fixtures, which is Hull, Watford, Palace. Um, been very impressed by Bournemouth um, this season, uh, so I've got Stanislas going forward. Happy to have him for the next three weeks. I think he could be a nice differential. Um, yeah. Defensively, now that Ake's gone, 
Charlie Daniels has been performing very, very well this season, despite not being on penalties like he was last season. But if I was to go a Bournemouth defender now to replace Aki, I'd be looking um, at Adam Smith, I think. He should come back in now um, with with Aki gone. He's, he's been very impressive in the games I've watched him. He, he gets forward. He, he even takes a few free kicks as well. So, yeah. I mean, I don't think I'd go chasing Daniels' points. I'd, I'd rather go for Smith. He's, um, he's 0.5 cheaper than Daniels as well. So, that's where I'd be going with Bournemouth. Attacking-wise, I'm not too interested, apart from Stanislas. Um, Callum Wilson and Afobi seem to be kind of sharing the striking role now, so I would, would avoid those two. Yeah, they're kind of on and off, aren't they, with Wilson and Afobi. Uh, I do think Stanislas, now he's back, he's looking he's looking a great option. I think he's been back playing for the last two games. Um, uh, I did have a quick look at his stats, and he's summed up eight shots on goal, four on target, and he's created five chances, so... Uh, he's got two assists with those five chances he's created. So with, with the fixtures looking up, looking good for Bournemouth at five point two, I think he is a bargain for most players on free yeah, kicks hopefully. and uh, and corners as well. So hopefully he can stay fit. That's the only issue. He's very injury prone, so yeah. I'm hoping he can give me three weeks at least. Yeah, the Iceman always loves a chat when it comes to Stanislas. <laughs> yeah. Love Okay, so teams in similar positions then. We've got Sunderland who are gradually sort of clawing their way back into the survival contention. We've got them playing against Stoke at home this weekend. If I come to you first for this one, Iceman, who would you call? Yeah, well, you're looking at Sunderland versus Stoke. It's more of a a boring game, in my opinion. I don't think much is going to happen. But uh, Stoke now have Crouch playing. He's scored two goals in his last two 90-minute games. And he started the last three. So at 4.7, he could be a good third striker for some people. I know Wizzy was shouting at us, uh, you know, asking whether he should bring him in. I think he could be a good option going forward. Um, Stoke... Playing away, they're not they're not great. But Ryan Shawcross, he's posed as the greater goal threat more than any other FPL defender over the opening twenty game weeks. So, and that's according to the ICT in, index. And I'm not actually sure what that's about. How, but how many has he scored? He's only got one so far. I, I think given the call, he's on four or five. We have to call that index redundant. It's true, but it does show that he gets for he does get on the end of things, and obviously in the air he is he is a great goal threat for them. Um, but when you look at Sunderland, um, if you look at Jermaine Defoe, his consistency is just too strong, and I think yeah. a lot of people might if they've got Jermaine Defoe, I think the armband option as Sunderland they welcome Stoke and they can see nineteen away goals so far this season. Stoke, so you could probably see some goals coming from Sunderland's side, but. I can see this being quite a boring game. I mean, Defoe's ownership has jumped right up 25% now, still only 7.8 million, another 13 points in the previous game week. Um, 120,000 have brought him in this week, so clearly um, lots of looking at him as, as a consistent threat. Stoke at home next, then West Brom away, and then Tottenham at home. So not wonderful fixtures but again he's on penalties and he just seems even if they get smashed 4-1 he seems to pop up and do something so I, I agree and actually he was one of my transfers this week I became very tired of, uh, of waiting on Andy Carroll to get fit and find form so uh, Defoe is the man in for me oh you brought him in oh nice okay. I, I have I've moved yeah nice. your move sir good move I like it Mark do you, do you like anyone from this fixture uh, this fixture, no, it's, it's definitely a fixture I, I don't think I'll be sitting down to watch. It has 0-0 written all over it. Um, 
Defoe's the only one who stands out from Sunderland, really. But I've considered him a few times this season, um, 7.8 million now. But I always come to the same conclusion with Defoe is that he plays for Sunderland and they're just they're just rubbish. And <laughs> just don't, I don't fancy having a Sunderland player, and that's what it comes down to. I know he's been performing very, very well this season. A lot of them have been penalties as well. So, I mean, things could dry up for me. I mean, he's an excellent goal scorer. I know West Ham are interested in bringing him back as well. But um, for me, 7.8 million for a Sunderland player, it just, it just doesn't sit well with me. And that's why I've avoided him. Um, Stoke, I mean, Crouch, what, three starts, two goals, new contract. Things are all going well up in the clouds for Crouch. But I think the only re- the only way I'd bring Crouch in was if I was changing to a 3-5-2 formation. Um, I think he's a good enabler for that, for those who are using 3-5-2. Um, to to use him as a maybe as a first sub, um, I, I definitely wouldn't bring him in to use him. I, I'm sure I know the Stoke have got Boney and um, Juve. They're gone to the African Cup of Nations, so there's talk of maybe a, a move for Berahino. So I can't see him being playing 90 minutes every week as well. So I, again, I'll be avoiding this game. Fair enough, and that's a nice alternative opinion on Defoe. I think you're right. There is always the potential that because Sunderland aren't consistent, he could dry up. Um, I suppose it could go either way. It'd be interesting to see what happens at this one. Maybe favourable that they are at the Stadium of Light. Um, so Swansea versus Arsenal next. Uh, Swansea manager to grab a victory against Crystal Palace in the last set of fixtures. Arsenal coming back against Bournemouth to win. We didn't mention that earlier, but coming back from 3-0 down and nearly snatching a victory against Bournemouth, finishing 3-0. Iceman, I'm going to come to you first. What do you think of the uh, the club you love versus Swansea this week? Well, everyone's looking at Giroud now, aren't they? He is looking good now. He's scored three goals and two assists in his last three, so there's good stats there. Uh, I think it's because he's just he's a fresh player now. He's not been playing for the start of the season, so he's come in and he is looking good now. I do think we actually play better with Alexis up top, and Alexis still getting involved in everything. He's got 29 goals in his last 29 games, 19 goals and nine assists, so... Yeah, there's no fault in him. If you've got him in your team, you've got to keep Alexis. But if you're looking to get Giroud as well, I do think doubling up might be a good thing for Arsenal. Uh, I would, because I'm a little bit biased towards them. But even the legend Minto on Twitter is asking, is double Arsenal attack a wise with four of their next five fixtures? Because they do have Swansea, Burnley, Watford and Hull at home in the next five. Uh, Swansea away this week, but... They are really good fixtures. You can't get much better than that. And I, I think Bellerin, at his price, I know he's quite expensive, but if you're looking to keep you know, almost <laughs> guaranteed clean sheets against these bad teams, that's, this is where you're going to find it. He is He's literally just coming back from an injury, so hopefully he will play. But 6.5, if you're looking for an expensive defender, Bellerin is probably a good one to go for because he gets loads of crosses into the box and I do think he's got a massive assist potential. Uh, and I've always kind of considered the last few game weeks that always captain someone against Swansea and I am thinking about putting the armband on Sanchez for this one. I'm looking at him as well. I'm just going to add, I'll come to you in a second, Mark. I'm just going to add to the uh, the discussion around Giroud. I saw a stat, 206 appearances for the Gunners, 91 goals, 33 assists. Which actually, if anybody else got that, that we would be singing their praises. Giroud just has never caught the hearts of the Arsenal fans. But for ten million, that's not a bad signing, is it? Yeah, no, he's decent. I so you, I don't think you can call him a failure. Um, I personally would, if you're 
interested in a differential at the moment. I don't think FPL is going to commit completely to Giroud, um, but I think as a differential, he would be a good option this week. He is in form, he's scoring every week, and he does create as well. That's always been a strength of his. You can get a goal and a potential assist, just not perhaps as good for getting an explosive return as someone like an Aguero or a Kane some weeks. Mark, where do you stand on this one? Uh, I'll start with Giroud. Um, yeah. I, I do think Giroud could be a very good option um, for those looking for a differential short term, I would say. Um, I don't I don't see him being a, being a player you would bring in now and keep for the rest of the season because against rotation, yeah, that, that dreaded word. Um, Arsenal have probably been at their most impressive this season when, when Sanchez has been up front. So Giroud could, could any at any time find himself back on the bench but in the form he's in at the minute I think he's impossible to drop so I think with the next couple of fixtures if you're looking for a punt I think he's he's a pretty solid option it's something I am considering myself because I've got I've got Ben Teke at the moment and I could I could look at upgrading him to to Giroud and it would mean taking a minus four and probably downgrading Alonso so talk more about him later but Giroud I think yeah for those concerned, I think it could be a very good option for the next couple of weeks. Sanchez is, I, I, would, I would say, he's the, the only player this season who's essential. I, I mean, if you don't have him, and he, he's gone to a crazy price now, he was at 11.9 or something like that. So um, yeah. he's, he's, he's as explosive as anybody on his day. And I think if you don't have him, you're looking for trouble. And even when Arsenal weren't playing well over Christmas, he still was popping up with assists and goals and, and bonus here and there. So I agree. I think he's got to be in your team if he's not already. Um we're not talking about Swansea, so I'm going to move us on. Um, <laughs> Watford versus Middlesbrough then. Interesting fixture, this one. I'm, I'm just noticing that every other week now, Borough seems to be doing pretty well at the back. I know Iceman's called Victor Valdez, although frustratingly didn't play in recent fixtures. Watford as well, a real mixed bag from them. Um, if I'm looking at their uh, their last fixture in the previous week, losing 2-0 against Stokes. A little bit unpredictable at the best of times. Uh, Mark, let's come to you first on this one. Do you like anyone in this fixture? Uh, Middlesbrough. Um, when I think of Middlesbrough, I just think of a very defensive team. And uh, going for their players, I wouldn't pick anything other than a defender. Um, I've got George Friend. I've held on to him during his injuries. I mean, I mentioned... The frustration last game week where he managed 57 minutes. Um, but at 4.4 million, I think going forward, he's an excellent option. And it's, it's not guaranteed that he's going to win his place back from, from Fabio, but I, I am hopeful that he will. Um, I think he's he's a better player, all-round player. And I think I'm hopeful that he'll be back in the starting 11 this weekend. I've got I've got um, Darun as my, my fifth midfielder. I mean, I never play him. He's always on the bench. He's got two goals in the league, I think, and he managed one in the cup. FA Cup at the weekend as well so I'm, I'm quite happy to keep yeah. him as my, my fifth midfielder if I ever need him he's, I think he's the best sub 4.5 option there is so I'm, I'm quite happy to keep him you know, Jim, I'll, I'll let you continue I was just going to say I've been in exactly the same position this season I put him in uh, in replacement for Kapu a while back as an abler in midfield and he's not done too bad again he scored in the cup Granted, he didn't score the game before, but I did note that he had a good chance with a header as well. So he, he does seem to get forward, even though he's part of that three-man deeper-lying midfield. And at 4.4 million, he can't really go wrong. Every now and again, he's popped up with a goal as well. And if they're getting these clean sheets, even if he comes off your bench to give you three points, he's not a bad option just to have sitting there because it appears that Middlesbrough are fairly committed to playing him on a weekly basis. So I do like that as an option. Do, continue, though. Yeah, so as I say, Middlesbrough... 
if you're looking at Middlesbrough, tend to just look at the defensive side of it. If you weren't willing to take the chance on friend, um, Calm Chambers at the same price, 4.4. He's another solid pick. I was just looking at the stats, um, Negredo stats. There's been 20 game weeks so far, and he's he's only scored in three of them, which tells you a lot about Middlesbrough. I know yeah. we're two in that, but he's only scored in three out of the 20 game weeks, which says it all, really. Um, Watford, myself and Holobas had good times a couple of weeks back. Um, <laughs> From game week seven to ten, um, thirty-three points in four game weeks. He was an absolute hero, but yes. he's gone from hero to zero and even below zero a couple of game weeks with a few minus points. So I got rid of him a few weeks ago. And Watford as a whole, I think they're going to struggle big time for this season, and I, I'd be avoiding them for the time being at least. I agree completely. Ice man, can you add anything to the discussion? No, not really. There's not really any options which I can see here. Just just one stat I had is uh, that Watford have conceded more goals in the first half than any other Premier League side this season with 17. I don't know if that tells you anything. And well, they're, they're the most vulnerable against a team that are least likely to score. So yeah. it's uh, um, I might tune out for that one. Okay, well, let's move on to West Ham versus Palace. So an all-London tie. Uh, West Ham this season, again, frustratingly, can't seem to get the striker position right. Uh, Palace, a real mixed bag. Iceman, I'm going to come to you first. Is there anyone that interests you in this fixture? Well, I brought in Townsend uh, this week. He only got 52 minutes, getting me one point, which was disappointing. Uh, Johan Kabai was a, an option for me. What, what as was well. the thing? You might have explained this before, but what was the thinking behind Townsend? Because to me, he hasn't even he hasn't exactly been, you know, popping up regularly with points. Was there something statistical that you saw in him? That's true. I, I did look at his stats. I did compare them. Actually, Kabai had better stats than Townsend overall, but it is looking at uh, Palace's fixtures mainly, and they do look good coming up. And Townsend, I've I've shouted him in the past, and I just never went for him. And I had that option to downgrade Hazard to like a, a seven mil or below, and I just thought Townsend, yeah, I'll go for it this week. He was playing against Swansea. I was hoping for better returns than one point, uh, but no, he disappointed me. So uh, going forward. Now that Zaha's gone, maybe he's going to come into his own a bit more. Maybe he'll get played a bit more, a few more minutes. Um, I'm still quite hopeful for him. I'm keeping him for now. We'll see how he does. But yeah, him, Kabai, uh, Benteke, a lot of people still have him, but he may be injured. Missed the most penalties this, so far this season, I think, as well. But I wouldn't bring in many from uh, Palace. If, you, if you're going to punt on someone, maybe like someone like Townsend. Scott Dan, um, 5.2. He's actually uh, Matt Shawcross for uh, penalty area attempts this season with 14. So he's come close a few times, not scoring much this season. So maybe a goal or two for him uh, this season. He might be a good punt. Okay, and what about you, Mark? What do you think of this one? Yeah, um, West Ham have been another team that have been really struggling this season and very disappointing. Uh, Payet, nowhere near his form that he showed last season. I feel sorry for the guy um, playing in that West Ham side. Um, 9.1 million, just can't touch him for that price. It's just way overpriced. Um, I've never been a big fan of Antonio either in, in FBL. I know he's a, he can be quite a consistent player, but it, I just don't like the idea that you never know what position he's going to be playing each week. He could be up front, he could be playing right back. It's, it's something I don't like either. And Something that somehow Andy Carroll managed to find his way into my team a couple of weeks ago. I don't really know how that happened, but I had him for two weeks, and thankfully he's he's gone now, and hopefully he'll never be back again. Mm-hmm. I, I 
I was seduced into that as well. So it sounds like we're we're not thinking too much of this game, which is good because the next game I think is going to be absolute cracker. Leicester City versus Chelsea, last year's champions versus potentially this year's champions, although getting knocked off their, uh, their run of form by an inspired Tottenham side on the 4th of January. Iceman, let me uh, come to you first for this one this time. Is there anyone you fancy from these two? Well, Schmeichel's back now, and I think Leicester are looking a lot better in defence. They've got a couple really? of uh, clean sheets recently. Um, but if you're looking for Chelsea, they've got a few options now, haven't they? I've just taken out Hazard, but I kind of, in a way, regret it. But I just wanted Aguero so much that I had to get rid of him because he's just not as consistent. If you're looking for a consistent scorer, then Costa's your man. You're always thinking he's going to get a goal or something each game. If you do have Ake like the general does, just uh, an FYI, and you've got three other Chelsea players, then you will need to transfer one of those Chelsea players out with your next transfer. Or you could just keep hold of them and not change your team for the rest of the season. It's up to you, but you'll you'll need to transfer one of those players out on your next transfer itself. Uh, it's, it's a difficult one to find out if Ake is an option or not. He is a bit of a wait-and-see player for me. He could be an absolute bargain if he does start for Chelsea. Uh, what was he priced at now? Is he still 4.4? Yeah, 4.4. Yeah, so he could be a decent option for uh, play- managers going forward at that price playing for Chelsea. I, I, my only fear is there's talk of a Terry loan to Bournemouth potentially. Now, if he goes, I, I wonder if Ake's coming back more as reliable cover Danny, because really, would you want to break up that back three of Chelsea at the moment in Cahill, Louise and Azpilicueta? No, you wouldn't, but I don't know if uh, Conte's thinking of uh, giving one each player a rest at some point, maybe. Uh, he can even play a wing-back role, maybe take over Alonso's place. So I'm going to hang mm-hmm. on to Alonso for now. But Just yeah. just to comment on that, um, I came across an article just a couple of hours ago. Um, just There's talk that the reason that Conte brought uh, Ake back was that Marcus Alonso has a has a long term injury that he's been he's been playing with since he had it when he arrived during the summer and he's he's struggled on with it and it, apparently it's getting worse now. I know um, there was talk that he might not make it for the for the Tottenham game. He did play, but there was rumours that he was wasn't going to be fit for it. So it'll be interesting to see if that is the reason why Aki's back um, to give Alonso a rest to help that recover. And I mean that's that's going to be bad news for Alonso owners. So it's a really tricky one. That would be an absolute nightmare for me because I've just had Francis, who's been uh, red-carded, who's out. So I have to play McCauley, who's playing against Tottenham. If Alonso's out, Amat is going to come into my team. And that's never going to be pretty. Yeah, and I mean, the transfer I was looking at this week was to, 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 to get rid of Ake. And I mean, I could easily now go and get rid of Ake and, and then Alonso, Alonso gets rested at the weekend and Ake plays, which would be an absolute nightmare. So yeah, I think it's worth waiting for the for the press conferences on Friday to see if Conte gives any more information on it. I'm in a similar position as you, Iceman, because I've got Alonso and then I've got Francis Band and then my other defender is I'm due to change him on my wild card, but I've still got Kingsley who just doesn't get near the team now. So um, I've got the option of either taking the last minute transfer and a hit or playing my all out attack card this week and going with a, a two, five, three. Do you know what, Pete? I, I didn't even think of the all-out attack card. And I, I, do you know what, I, I might play think, that as well. You didn't say it. Yeah, so I'm glad you mentioned that's it. Not, <laughs> that's not one that I would say for a double game week either. So yeah. if worse comes to the worst, I might treat myself to a little uh, five-man 
midfield three-man strike force this week. That would be putting Darun in the side, but given I backed him earlier, it's probably uh, only fair that I'm a punt. So, yeah, um, yeah that, that could be in the thinking. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna, if you're, if you're ever gonna play Darun um, against Watford, it's probably not a bad time to play him. I was going to say it's not, it's not the worst game to take a punt on him, is it? So, okay, let's firm this up then, chap. So, I'm hearing lots of Chelsea names flying around. So, Iceman, who who are the firm ones you would say need to be in for this week? Uh, Costa, Costa for you, and Mark. Yeah, I'd say Costa and Hazard. Um, I've got both of them, and a player. Um, I watched the FA Cup highlights yesterday from the weekend, and Pedro was absolutely on fire I mean if if he could show that he's nailed on at 6.9 million he'd be I mean he'd be an excellent alternative to Hazard which would free up cash you know and he'd be one I'm keeping a close eye on as well yeah I think that's a great shot I've had my eye on Pedro all season I just need to I guess see him playing regularly in that position and um and for me he's a a no-brainer um no one's mentioned anything about Leicester does that mean we're we're not thinking them at all or is there anyone that you've could be a differential. Well, they've got Marius out. Uh, they've got Samari out. Um, yeah. Not really got that many options. I suppose King or someone like that might be a good option in midfield, but you're just taking a punt on someone, aren't you? We're, we're just saying names for the sake of it, yeah, aren't we? Yeah, let's move on and to they, the next they've, <laughs> they've, just, they've just signed uh, a player who's been dubbed the new N'Golo Conte. Um, yeah, so and, we'll and, and Diddy. Uh, did I or something? Five okay, let's move on to Everton versus Manchester City. And I'm going to kick this off with a bit of news I've just seen. I'm probably way behind the times on this. Everton have agreed a fee for Morgan Schneiderland, £22 million oh, wow. from United. Oh, nice. uh, I, I don't think it's going to affect my FPL selections, but th- that could do wonders for their midfield. Yeah, because Gay being uh, gone to the African Cup of Nations, yeah. you thought that that was going to hurt Everton defence, but with Schneiderlin coming in, that might be a great replacement because uh, Gay has actually won more tackles than any other player in Europe top five leagues. So it's a massive yeah. stat for him. It just shows that he he was a crucial player for their defence. Well, I think him and Schneiderlin in the midfield uh, would really, really firm them up and probably free up Barkley a bit more to get himself forward compared to Barry, um, who's perhaps not got the legs that Schneiderlin would have. Um, but they're playing against Manchester City. So, so Mark, who would you call from this one? One thirty on the Sunday. Yeah, has the potential to be a cracker, this one. I expect plenty of goals. Um, a player who I'm hoping to bring in soon, um, possibly this week, is Leighton Baines, 5.5 million. Yeah. On penalties, no brainer. Expect Everton to improve defensively, especially now if Schneiderlin comes in. That should yeah. um, that should help big time with the clean sheet potential. There, I mentioned Lukaku, another another player we've got history with. I mean, he's he's a goal and assist against Southampton in the last game. He, he is he is a solid option. Nine point five million. The only thing I don't like about him is that I mean, Baines is on penalties, so I, I like my strikers to be on pens. Yeah, Man City then. I went for I went for Costa over Aguero. Um, I sent out a tweet before the game in the last game week that I had a feeling Aguero was going to be benched, and it turned out to be true. <laughs> I know he came off the bench to score, but Pep is just a nightmare for for FPL managers. I've been stung a few times this season by him um, rotation wise. So I don't have any City players at the moment, and I'm I'm probably going to avoid Aguero for the time being as well, just for twelve point eight million. Uh, yeah. The fact that he could be rotated. Um, looks like Yaya could be on penalties now as well, which is another negative. And the arrival of Jesus, or however you say his name, I know he might not come into the team straight away, but 
it's just another opportunity for Pep to rotate. So. Yeah, it just means more rotation, doesn't it? Their midfield is yeah. just stream for the rotation. The only one you can see actually getting full 90 is probably Kevin De Bruyne, and he has not been great this season in terms of FPL points. He's been a great player, but not great for FPL. Yeah. Uh, Raheem Sterling um, might be one to go for, though. Yeah, but yeah. When I look rotation. when I look at when I look at City, the the two names that jump out to me are Sterling and Yaya. Um, seven point seven for Sterling and seven point three for Yaya. I mean, if Yaya's on penalties, he should be, he should be playing every week now. The fact that Gundogan's injured and um, Fernandinho's got a couple of more games out through suspension, so Yaya could be a, a very nice differential for managers as well. Yeah, he could be a good option. Yeah, I agree with that. Yes, yeah, Sterling at only seven point seven million. I still find that very cheap for a player of his quality. Same price as Adam Lana at the moment as well in a similar role. So we'll get to him in just a moment. Yeah. So City, we're looking at Sterling. Amazingly, for once, we're not shouting Aguero for this. Uh, Lukaku and Baines seem to be our calls for this one. Um, which takes us to the four o'clock Sunday kickoff, which is an absolute belter. If they were challenging for the title, which hasn't happened for a few years, unfortunately, but Manchester United versus Liverpool would have been the game of the season. Um, both clubs fallen back a little bit in recent years, but showing good form recently. Both are threatening the top three, certainly this season. Let's come to Iceman first for this one. Who do you like? Well, Coutinho might actually be ba- be back for this game, so a lot of people are still looking into him. I don't know how many people have transferred him in so far. Quite a few, actually, 26,000. Uh, he might be back. I'm not sure if he's going to start. I don't know if Klopp's dangerous enough to do that. Lallana, everyone's still shouting him at 7.7. He's still... Yeah, brilliant uh, price. He's, yeah, he still seems to be scoring points. Last two... Well, last last one against Sunderland, you expected some points from him and he got nothing. But he got, uh, he got a fair amount of shots on goal in that game and he did come close. So, yeah, still a good option, Lallana. But if you're looking at Man United, it's all about Zlatan, really, isn't it? The only thing is Zlatan tonight didn't actually play because he was ill playing against Hull. I don't know how they got on. Uh, they they won 2-0. Um, goals from Mata and Fellaini. Oh, Fellaini's back involved. Yeah, Zlatan's the man to have, though, for, for Man United, if if he's going to play this well, week. Let, let me just tell you the lineup for United tonight, in case it gives anything away. So we had De Gea, Valencia, Smalling, Jones and Darmian at the back. Herrera and Pogba in midfield with Mata, Rooney and Mictoran, the three attackers, playing behind Marcus Rashford. Yeah, maybe that means they're just going to be a little bit fatigued for this game for Liverpool. Is Liverpool, oh, Liverpool are playing tomorrow, aren't they? They're yeah, Southampton. Yeah, they're playing tomorrow against Southampton, so maybe Liverpool will be more fatigued than United. I really think that's wrong, the fact that they play on two different days so that they get more rest than one team. I do think they should play on the same day. You, you sound like Arsene Wenger. <laughs> yeah, I'm moaning. Yeah, I, I can't really see many options from United's midfield, which are guaranteed. Mkhitaryan would be a great shout at the moment, but you'd never know uh, what Jose's going to do in terms of rotation. It's just a bit difficult to know who's going to play I actually think Mkhitaryan's nailed on now, and I do think he's a good shout. Uh, but if you want someone that is absolutely nailed, then Paul Pogba, Pogba for me. Yeah. Still, still only in the mid-eight millions. He's playing regularly. He's, if, if they've scored a goal recently, he's generally been involved. Um, I love his link play with Zlatan, and I, I think he's gradually finding his feet more in the Premier League. So I, I'm actually seriously considering getting him in in the next few weeks. Uh, Mark, any thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one as a Man U fan. Yeah, I'm looking forward to to my boys giving Liverpool, the, bringing them back down to earth this this weekend. I think Zlatan's the man for the big occasion. I know he's 
missed tonight's game um, supposedly to illness, but I'm sure he's just um, lying up, relaxing, saving himself for the big one on Sunday to, to do some damage against Liverpool. Um, I've had him for, for a couple of weeks. I, I got him in for Kane after Kane's disappointments, and he's been he's been uh, he's been great for me. So I, I have big hopes for him on, on Sunday against Liverpool. When it comes to the United midfield, I watched the first half tonight. Um, Mata scored. Mkhitaryan played quite well. Um, but as you say, you never know who's gonna, what Mourinho's going to do. Um, I think the safest bet in the United field, as you say, is Pogba. At 8.5 million. I've been impressed by him the last couple of weeks in the positions he's been getting into. He's been getting forward. And I've just seen a tweet that he's he's hit the post seven times this season. Now, so just shows you he's, 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 he's getting the chances. It's just just not going in for him. I think he hit the post tonight again. So I think out of Mkhitaryan, and Matt and Pogba, I think Pogba would be the safest bet for for Sunday. Another big man for the big occasion. So He loves it. He loves a hit, does Pogba. I'll yeah, tell you, oh, sorry. I'll tell you who's still a good shout for United is uh, Jones at the back, 4.9. He's yeah. still quite cheap for them. And uh, I know that Valencia, I shouted him a few weeks ago um, going forward. He hasn't scored barely any attacking returns. In fact, I don't think he's got any shots on goal or anything recently. But I still think an assist or two coming up. Their fixtures coming up United are pretty promising. They've got Stoke, Hull, Leicester and Watford after this game. So... Yeah. Watching the bit, watching yeah. the first half of the United game, Valencia actually crossed the ball in with his left foot, which was something I've never seen in all my days watching United. So surely the the assists are not far away if he's going to start using his left foot as well. Yeah, they're about to come flowing in. Well, lads, that brings us to the end of our ten fixtures for this game week. Um, is it is it that time? It's the time. Okay. Well. Um, Everybody, grab a drink, make yourself comfortable as we take a brief interval for the Iceman's Piss. <laughs> Dying. Well, we hope you enjoyed your uh, brief interlude there from the Iceman's um, bladder issues. Um, let's sum things up then. So we've discussed 10 great upcoming fixtures, while well, some better than others. I'm going to give you the main people we shouted so you can have a real think about who's going to be best for your team this week. So first of all, Spurs versus West Bromwich Albion. We're looking at the stats between Ali and Ericsson. Ericsson seems to lead the way in terms of threat and consistency. Ali has been more explosive recently and seems to be the man in form. From West Brom, you're looking at Chadley, Phillips for their explosive potential returns and actually the form of Chadley and his history in FPL makes him quite favourable for coming game weeks. Burnley versus Saints, we shouted Gray as a potential good third striker and also Barnes as a good low-cost third striker. Um, we like the look of J-Rod's upcoming fixtures and Yoshida with all the confusion around Van Dyke and Fonte seems to be not a bad shout as an alternative. Um, Hull versus Bournemouth, not too many from this game from Hull's perspective. Um, we're a little bit concerned about Snodgrass's potential transfer to West uh, West Ham United. So Jakubovic could be a, uh, a good rotation keeper, only 3.9 million. Stanislas, Daniels and Smith provide good options for Bournemouth currently. Sunderland versus Stoke. We've got Crouch, who appears to be a bargain at the moment at 4.7 million in the short term with the African Cup of Nations. Shawcross is actually leading the way in stats this season for uh, threats going forward from corners. And Defoe is the man from Sunderland in form. Whether Sunderland play well or not, 
he seems to score and he's getting a lot of backing from FPL managers this week. Swansea versus Arsenal, nothing to shout about from Swansea, but Giroud seems to be the man in form at the moment for the Gunners and doesn't seem like Wenger's going to drop him. And we've got Bellerin as a potential option. Arsenal have a good uh, run of fixtures coming up. He is expensive, but it's like having another winger in your team, so do consider him. Watford versus Borough. No one from Watford at the moment playing with any consistency, but Darun seems to be coming up with chances week on week for Borough. Seems to be getting the game time, and Chambers is looking a favourable option in defence at a low price, as well as Friend. West Ham versus Palace. The Iceman shouting Townsend. Um, and Dan is also still posing a threat from corners. Again, West Ham with their consistency, Payet having his head turn, and the slightly inconsistent Antonio aren't really offering anything that we're shouting this week. Champions Leicester take on potential new champions Chelsea. Costa and Hazard appear to be the nailed-on options. Keep your eyes on Pedro, though, who seems to be picking up in the form stakes. Leicester without Mares don't seem that favourable at the moment. Everton versus City. We're looking at Lukaku and Baines as the ongoing uh, standouts for Everton with their fixtures and the potential to do City a lot of damage. Again, for the first time, we're not really talking about Sergio Aguero, but Sterling is showing more form at the moment. 97.7 million looks a bit of a bargain. And finishing off a weekend of football at four o'clock on the Sunday, Liverpool versus United. Asim Lallana is getting all the plaudits with a slight tail off in form of the other or the absence, rather, of the other Liverpool um, striking option. So Lalana looks good. Zlatan has got all the stats for United, um, rested tonight because of his potential illness. Um, but if you want an easy way into the United midfield, Pogba looks good, and Mkhitaryan, with another assist tonight, looks like a consistent option. Perfect sum-up, Paul. Thank you. Well, with that takes us on to the captain's choice, Iceman. So I'll let you lead us off. On this, who are you shouting for captain this week? Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, Swansea, you can almost always captain someone against them. So Alexis is going to be a good shout for captain to you this week. I do think I'm going to have it on him, but I am just my Aguero uh, captaincy worry. Even against Everton, I th- think they can be leaky in defence. And I think Man City did play well against West Ham. They beat them 5 0 in the FA Cup. I know West Ham probably just gave up in the end, but yeah, I might stick it on Aguero. I'm a bit torn between the two. Either option will be a good option for me. Mark, I'm going to come to you next. Who do you fancy? Yeah, um, I'd have to agree. Sanchez is probably going to be my captain as well. He's, I would agree with uh, always captain someone against Swansea as well. They've been, can't see them staying up this season and conceding bagfuls of goals. Uh, Sanchez's away form has been very impressive. In his last four away league games, he's got attack and return, so more than likely that's going to continue again. So I think he's the he's a solid captain choice um, this week. The, the Man United fan inside me is 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 um, telling me to go Zlatan. I just have a feeling he's going to have a big put in a big performance against Liverpool. He's got a night off tonight, so he should be nice and fresh. Illness or no illness, come Sunday he should be raring to go. But uh, Sanchez for me. Yeah, I have to agree. The, um, the the United fixture is actually quite favourable when you think about Zlatan Ibrahimovic. But I'm going to agree with you. I think Sanchez looks too good in terms of his form away at Swansea. I, I would really fancy him to score well there this week. So I would go with Sanchez. Um, if you want a differential punt captain, the only other person I would shout is the informed Delhi Ali at home against West Brom. Um, it would be an absolute differential. But the way the man is playing at the moment, he looks like he score against anyone. Iceman, do you want to take us through social media? 
Yeah, I've uh, asked a couple of questions as we've been going through the fixtures, but got a few from Reddit. Uh, Never lucky, nineteen ninety one has put Bournemouth defenders situation. So I think he's kind of asking, what does he reckon is going to be the Bournemouth defence going forward now that Francis is out and Ake is gone? Who do you reckon they're going to start in their in their four? What do you reckon, Mark? Just going to get up the Bournemouth team here. Um, so I expect Smith to come back in at right back. You've got Daniel's left back. Uh, Mings <coughs> might be played, mightn't he? Mings. Um, Mings is an option. Just give me one second. One other player I was going to mention, chats, whilst you're looking at that, is the other Smith they signed from Liverpool. Came on as a sub recently um, against Arsenal. And I, I, I think you might start to see a little bit of him playing more. They paid a good amount of money for him at around six million. And if he's fit and they, they need defensive cover, I can see him starting to come into the team a bit more. But I think it's, again, going to be a wait-and-see situation. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're good fixtures and now, really, aren't they? So if you're going to do it, you've got to gamble now, I think. I mean, Daniels Daniels could easily uh, move into centre-half, um, allowing Brad Smith to come in. That That's something that could happen. I think it's quite hard to call what's going to happen, actually. Looking at the Bournemouth defence, Mings is an option. Uh, Mark Wilson's another one who could come in, but he's, he's an injury doubt, so... It's a tough one to call, the, the, the fourth defender. Yeah, it is, a, it is a difficult one. He also asks, uh, and Coutinho maybe. Um, I wouldn't bring in Coutinho yet. I would, I'd wait until you can see a few games from him. He's just come back from an injury. You can't expect anything massive from him. So I don't think he's going to be an option just yet. If you want to take a massive risk, go for it. But I would not advise that. Yeah, yeah. I would agree on, on Coutinho. Um Man United is not the game you want to bring him back after an injury, so it, I, I would just hold fire just for now. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree that I don't think. I think if they're playing someone like Stoke or Sunderland, I, I might give it a go. Like many FPL managers are, but it doesn't seem the game for me to to do it. Yeah, uh, we've we've got a couple of questions uh, regarding defenders and in replacement for Ake. We've got Rakmo is saying chances for Jakubovic starting under Silva and alternative for Ake in the same price range. And then Craigie Baka is asking best budget defenders, please. And then Bajar Twenty. I'm not sure if I said that right. Uh, what are the best options for defender in the 5.5 range? Baines seems a little uh, slightly overrated to me, as it seems un wise to rely on Everton actually getting penalties uh, so people are looking for defenders now who who are you looking to take Ake out for then Mark anyone in particular yeah most likely if, if it is Ake who I who I sell this week probably going to be Yoshida as I mentioned um, 4.2 yeah. he's even cheaper than Ake so it's ideal um, another one I've looked at would be Peters at Stoke 4.5 but he doesn't appeal to be too much. For managers who don't already have a West Brom defender, um, Nayom could be an option. I know West Brom are waiting for international clearance to make sure he can play um, because he's refused to go to the African Cup of Nations. But if, if it comes true that he's available, he, he could be a good option as a direct replacement if you don't already have a West Brom defender. Yeah, that's a great shout. I think he might be a good one going forward with West Brom and their fixtures. But what do you reckon? So, did you say five point five or four point five? Um, what for? Uh, he's also looking for best options for the defender in the five point five range, and then people, okay, well, people are looking for best budget defenders as well. Okay, so well in terms of lower costs, I actually think um, after some bad form, Callum Chambers with his run of fixtures at four point four is, is a, a real viable option now. And um, West Brom seemingly coming up with a clean sheet kind of every other week. 
I'm just looking further down as well. I really like Ryan Bertrand at uh, Saints. Whatever happens with their centre-half, I think he does get forward well and he functions well in attack and defence. And He's 5.4 million, but as an attacking fullback, I do actually like him as an option. Yep, good shouts. Um, we had a few from Twitter. Uh, FPL Kangaroo saying, is both having Ali and Ericsson a wise move? I think if they're both playing well and they're both scoring points, yeah, you could be onto a winner there. It's always risky having two from the same team because if they're going to blank, I don't know if that's uh, <clears throat> going to benefit you. But I suppose let's wait and see. If you've got both of them, then good luck to you. He also had another one, uh, another one for you, Defoe. And Stanislaus or Defoe and Daniels, which one would you choose out of them? It's it's a bit of a, a bit of a defensive midfielder go between. Trying to think of the context. So if, if this is to get another player in, um, and these are the two that he'll be left with, so would I rather be left with Defoe and Stanislas or Defoe and Daniels? Probably rather be left with Defoe and Daniels at the moment. Just yeah, I would have to, I'd have to say I, I would prefer the Stanislas option. I think I've got him on my team, and I think next three weeks he. I'm really hopeful that he's going to be a superb differential. Yeah, I think I agree with you, Mark, actually, on that one. Uh, we had Stings Like Ings at Ings Wings put Giroud or not to Giroud. That is the question. I think we've kind of been through that in the fiction. That was poetry. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, Absolute poetry. <laughs> and FPL Addict at FIFA Wild. Giroud risk or gain, uh, he's saying. So we've kind of been through that. He's saying Walcott as well. And I'm not sure if Wilcott is going to be back from this injury that he's had. And he's he's always just kind of one to be drafted in slowly when he plays. So I don't know if he's going to come back in straight away. So I wouldn't risk him for now. There are other options which are good there, um, unless you guys disagree. No, I have to agree there. I do think Walcott, it doesn't look like he's going to be back. And I just think with Walcott, he's, if there's any doubt over him, he's, he's one to avoid because he seems to be quite a... He comes back slowly from, from injury. Um, seems to take him longer than others to recover, and he's again he, he's so injury prone he could pick one up again straight away. So yeah. back to the Giroud or not to Giroud, I think if you can get Giroud in um, without taking a hit this week, I think I think it's I think you should go for it. Next three fixtures are are really good, and I think if you're ever going to take a punt on Giroud, it has to be now. Yeah, Pete, any comments? Um, I, I would I would say no to Walcott at this point in time, but. Typically, he always is a little bit slow when he comes back from injury, but I would definitely say if you've got the money for Giroud, you're looking for another striker, I think he's the way to go. Yeah, okay. Uh, Ashir Ryan Khan has actually got a good question here. Um, not that the, others, the, are, not the, that the others are bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just think this one's interesting. Should I get Baines instead of Alonso based on the recent uh, situation, re tough fi- fixtures, form, and Ake? It's a tough one if you haven't got Baines. I've got both at the moment. But if Alonso's being threatened that he's uh, not going to play, I would probably wait. It depends if you've got the cash. I, I would keep Alonso. I think Alonso's a great asset. And if he is going to play, he's uh, one of the most attacking defenders going forward and he plays for Chelsea so I think he's still a great option but that's if he plays if he doesn't then yeah Baines is still a good shout you know, on penalties gets forward and uh, Everton got some good fixtures coming up you never know he might get a few clean sheets as well what do you reckon uh, Ball? Yeah I think I'd want to hear that because Alonso offers such good value going forward and back that I wouldn't want to bail on him just yet so I'd probably stick with him for now. And Mark? 
Yeah, I'll be I'll be sticking with Alonso as well, unless um, Conte suggests anything in, in Friday's press conference to suggest that he might maybe be rested, or if he mentions anything else about the injury or Aki. Um, if when it does come to replacing Alonso, if that does happen, Baines would be my my direct replacement for him. Okay, cool. Um, got another question from Sushant at Sushant Twenty. He says, "Can you guys do a mock wildcard?" Well, I saw a general that you put one on your Twitter. So, if you want to look at General's mock wildcard, uh, take a look at his Twitter. Me and Bully will put one together, and we'll put it up on our Twitter as well. So you can you can take a look from there. It will take uh, quite a while for us to go through each team on the podcast, which we we just don't have time for. But if you if you look on Twitter, we'll we'll post them up on there for you, Sushant. Um, and also Cass, Kaz67 at Kaz Celtic has put a very quick one for you guys. Play Capu versus Middlesbrough or Phillips versus Spurs? Well, it's a no-brainer for me. I would take uh, Phillips versus Spurs. Um, I know Capu, he's, <laughs> he's not scored any points for a while, so I'll, I'll go Phillips versus Spurs. I've actually got that conundrum myself and I'm going Phillips. What about, what about you guys, Mark? Yeah, I, I wouldn't even call it a conundrum. No-brainer. It has to be Phillips. Uh, anyone who's got Kapu still on their team, you need to get rid of that deadwood. <laughs> yeah. Fast. And Bo, do you agree? Yeah, I'd go, go Phillips. Yeah, cool. Uh, and uh, so we've got loads of questions this week, so I'm just trying to race for them at the moment. Uh, uh, Mahatsu has put double up on Arsenal in the next six. We spoke about that earlier. I think uh, I agree with you. Um, quick yes or no from you, Mark. Double up on Arsenal in the next six. Yeah, as I said, if you can, if you can do a, get Giroud in easily, um, and if you've already got Sanchez, I think yeah, next yeah. couple of fixtures are very nice. Yeah, and, and Bully, you agree with that, don't you? Yeah. Uh, and Abdullah Al Mamun has put which Bournemouth midfielder should we get, if any? I think we're we're firmly shouting Stanislas on this one. King could be a good option, uh, 5.3, but uh, Stanislas, for me, is uh, the best option there. I think you guys agree with that, is that right? Yeah, the young the young guy, Fraser, um, 4.8's been performing well the last couple of weeks, but I think he's a slight injury doubt as well. I think Stanislas is a safer bet. Yeah, yeah. Slightly extra cash. Yeah. Buddy? Yeah, I think um, of everyone, over the last couple of seasons, who's been consistent in Bournemouth midfield, it's always been Stanislas. I was waiting for Max Gradle to get going and um, hoping that Wilshire would, would score big, but Stanislas seems to be the, the man. Yeah, okay. Uh, and Stanley Lizuvarizwa. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Stanley, if I'm so, so, yeah. <laughs> saying that wrong. Uh, he's saying, I don't have any Chelsea defenders. Should I get Aki in? I wouldn't get him in now because you don't know if he's going to start. And if not, which other five mil defenders should I get in? There are, there are a few good options which we've listed on uh, this podcast, I think. Yeah. Um, you've got loads of choices to choose between. Depends which fixtures and form you want to go with, really. At FPL Transfer Tips has put: Is Aguero a must when he is fit, regardless of form and fixture? Can he explode on any fine day? So it's a big question here. You guys are not swaying towards Aguero. I already have. I've got him now, so I'm keeping him. That's it until he gets injured or if he um, gets suspended. I think I'm keeping him because to me, I think he can score in any game and he can give you big points no matter who he plays. What do you guys reckon? Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I'm 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 going to avoid Aguero for now. It's first time in a few years playing FBL that I've... I'm going without Aguero. Anytime he's ever been fit, he's always been in my team. I used to always get him back as soon as he 
return from injury. But the season's just different um, with Pep, Pep on his rotation. And, and the other big strikers performing, I think that's the big one. The cash is just not there this season to to, have, to be spending big on, on Aguero when, when there are very good alternatives. So for me, for now, I'm going to be avoiding them. But as I say, if, if he shows consistency of starts and shows some form, I could easily bring him back, you know? Yeah, I'll go with that. We do have two other questions from Mike at uh, RB77. He's just listing his team and just wants us to go through it. We'll uh, we'll send you a message back, uh, Mark. It'll probably take too long to de- uh, yeah, decrypt your team and work out where's best to go. I uh, also have one from FPL Addict asking us to have a look at his team as well. So we'll have a look through them uh, off pod and then we'll send you a message back. But that's uh, that's it for Twitter this week, Bull. Thanks, uh, thanks for all your questions, guys. Uh, we appreciate them. Yeah, so some some really good topics there. Very uh, very important for the upcoming game week, uh, and that brings us to the end of the podcast once again. I'm going to plug a few ways you can get in contact with us. So log on to our website, fantasyfootballsurgery.com, for up to date articles on there. Um, you can subscribe to uh, to our podcast on iTunes under Fantasy Football Surgery. Give us a rating. Let us know what you think on there. Also listen to us on SoundCloud. We do most of our tweeting uh, and talking on Twitter, so at FF underscore surgery. Send us your questions and also join our mini league. The code is 17603-6718. Mark, once again, do you just want to plug your Twitter feed? Yeah, you can find me at, at FPL General on Twitter. Um, feel free to send me a message if any of your FPL questions or dilemmas. Um, my My Private message feed is open, so anyone can send me a message, and I'm I'm much more likely to reply to you if you actually send me a private message rather than just send me a tweet with your team. So, yeah, excellent. So some really good advice, uh, free advice available there from the general. Which all that leaves me to do is to say goodbye to, uh, to the surgeons for this week. So, Iceman. Yep. Cheers, Will. Cheers, uh, General. Thanks for coming on. You've been great. Good luck in your game weeks, guys. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and thank you, General. Um, And all that's left to say from me is goodbye and good luck with your game week. man i believe you wanted to uh, oh god wow first outtake let me try again